welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I am one of your hosts, Joshua Tracy. And I am Corwin Heller. And uh, boy, oh boy, do we have stuff to talk about today as um, football free agency is ripping and raring uh, into full off-season form. And we have four quarterbacks that all have stuff going on or stuff that has now gone on. Uh, that we need to get into. So, Corwin Heller, are you ready to dive in? I am ready. All right. So, let's start with the three guys that we probably talked about the most that have signed their contracts, which uh, I think will offer the least amount of actual conversation because we've kind of talked about these guys before. So, let's start with Geno Smith. We'll start on the West Coast and move our way east. Uh, Geno Smith signed a three-year, $105 million contract. Sorry, $115 million contract, I believe. Oh, no, hold on. It's a three-year, $75 million contract. Weird. I thought I saw that it was a three-year, $105 million. Okay, yeah. I do see both. Track has it at 75 but Twitter has... Uh, Mayroth has it at 105 Interesting. Sure. Track has it at... 75 40 million dollars guaranteed at signing an AAV of 25 mil with the chance of 40 additional million dollars based on incentives but those incentives aren't listed out quite just yet but whatever 75 mil 20 let's call it 25 a year for Geno Smith um who will be entering his age 33 season coming off the best season of his career in completion percent, where he led the NFL, uh, best season of his career in touchdowns. Um, interceptions is always a tough one because it depends on play. But if we go by his full seasons as starters, this is actually also the fewest interceptions he's thrown in a full season as a starter. Um, most yards, uh, I mean, pick a stat, it's basically been a career year for him. You won comeback player of the year, finished ninth in MVP voting, and made a Pro Bowl appearance. Corwin, what do you think of this contract for Gino? And the Seahawks. Uh, so I think the key for us, like looking at these this year, is looking at the guaranteed money. Because as we've seen time and time again over the past couple of years, especially, if it's not guaranteed, nobody cares. And if it is guaranteed and it turns on you, that's a tough time for the team. So. 30 million guaranteed on a 25 million AAV contract pretty much split over the first two years is nothing. It's a good chunk of money for Gino who, if he isn't just unbearably awful, he's going to get this money. Um, I honestly am very excited about seeing him continue this run with the Seahawks because by all means, you know, this, when you look at it from how his career has progressed and, and what he did sustainably all of last year, there's no reason it can't continue next year. Like, no pieces are changing. It's the same group of guys, pretty much top to bottom. Same guy calling the plays. I I think this is a win-win looking at some of the other contracts that are going to get given up and have been given out this year. Yeah, for for this late in Juno's career, for him to be getting this kind of shot, um, 
I don't want to say the, it feels like the money almost doesn't matter, but it almost feels like the money doesn't matter because I think if Gino took money to play somewhere else, he'd never hit the incentives because I just don't think he'd find the same success that he's been able to have under Pete Carroll. And likewise, I think Pete Carroll just had massive success with a guy that was not being either played properly or, or valued elsewhere and just locked in a dude for what might be the rest of Pete Carroll's career. Because, I mean, let's not forget, second oldest quarter head coach in, in the NFL behind behind Big Bill Belichick? Uh, he'd have to be. He was old when they first hired him. I want to say he's, like, number, number two in age. I want to say Bill's, like, I don't know, 93, and um, Pete Carroll's, like, 87. No, for real, though, I think Pete Carroll is, like, near his 70s. I think Bill Belichick is like 68 and Bell and uh, Carol's like 66 or some shit like that. Well, I, um, I would take the over on Pete Carroll if I had to guess. Oh, I thought you were looking it up and I was kind of stalling. Oh, lie. sorry. Let me look it up then. I mean, I'll look it up. I'm looking it up now because I thought that's what you were. He's 71. Yeah, that's it's fucking nuts. old. He is he is not young. Bill Belichick is seventy, so that that must mean that Pete Carroll's yeah, Pete Carroll's older. So he's got exactly. Um, And to that effect, like a three year contract means that if Pete Carroll is is coaching the entirety of that deal, he'll be coaching until he's seventy four years old. Which, I mean, we're talking about term limits in in Congress uh, right now. Looking at you. Uh, Feinstein in, in, in California, we need term limits on head coaches in the NFL. <laughs> we need an, we need an age out policy, but uh, until that happens, Pete Carroll is just going to burn the candle at both ends, I guess. Do you know who the uh, oldest NFL head coach in history was? <laughs> I don't know why the first joke name I thought of was Barbara Streisand. <laughs> For some reason it was though. Um, uh, uh, Lombardi. I don't know. Romeo Cornell, uh, as of 2020, when he was uh, head coach of the Texans. Really? Yeah. How old was he? years old. Get the fuck out of here. Get maybe Carroll's going for no. maybe Carroll's going for the record. Okay. It was yeah. George Hallis before that, 72. Oh wow. Yeah. He was around forever, from what the olds have told me. Anyway. Yeah, it's not. A, it's not the world's most interesting contract. The money isn't gigantic. You you kind of assumed this had to happen. Again, I don't think Gino was going to get this kind of money elsewhere because of the risk associated with can he do that season again? Um, and as we all know, free agent quarterbacks are fixing a quarterback situation that's not the first five picks in the draft is always kind of tough. So the Seahawks had every incentive to get this deal done, and the money is like exactly uh, i thought i think everyone would expect it to be if not maybe a little lower um so like neat not the world over to say about it unless you have anything else i think it's one that the seahawks will inevitably end up being very happy with there's very little risk that's what i was about to say i don't think there's i I think another way of saying that is i don't think there's any way in which the seahawks are unhappy with it they might not be like thrilled at certain points if Gino fizzles out but they're never going to be like oh fuck we're fucked fuck fuck you know what I mean like they're just it's not yeah. enough money for that to happen so yeah anyway Plus, ton of incentives incentives uh, yeah hey next one next one let's talk about Derek Carr 
He signed a four-year, $150 million contract with the New Orleans Saints, including a $28.5 million signing bonus, $100 million guaranteed, an AAV of 37.5 mil. He's got a base salary of 1.5, uh, plus the signing bonus previously mentioned, carrying a cap hit of 7.2, dead cap value at 60 mil. Some contract notes. Uh, 2025 roster bonus of $10 million get, becomes fully guaranteed in March, 2024, uh, $60 million guaranteed at signing, um, $30 million, 2025 salary fully guarantees also in March of 2025 full, no trade clause. And the, there is a 2027 void year, which is $5.7 million of dead cap. Uh, just, and apparently there's a potential out, uh, after 2025, um, which would carry $11.4 million of dead cap. So it's certainly a weird, uh, not super weird, I guess, but it's um, a lot of contract notes. The long and short of it, like Cora mentioned, is just the guaranteed money. So altogether, four years, $150 million, $100 million guaranteed. If you think about that $100 million being spread out mostly this year and next year it seems like it's the majority of it um actually i guess this year in 2025 is really the majority of it those two years it's not that big of a deal um but i mean i have been of the opinion that Derek carr it was has been having a matt stafford s career in well, I guess Vegas for the last few seasons where mm-hmm. he has been out. He's been hamstrung by his team, um, which is easy to write off with the volume stats because they're almost always playing from behind, which means that he's going to get the, the chance to pad the stats a little bit like Stafford, but has the ability to be better on a better team. The question is, are the Saints going to be a better team? And let me tell you, that's a real tough question to answer. Uh, I don't think the answer is yes. <laughs> so, um, what do you think of this of this contract? I think it's fine. I think what the Saints have going for them is that they have a excellent offensive line, which is always huge when you bring a new quarterback in. They have two very good weapons in Chris Olave and. Old man Mike Thomas. I don't even know if he's technically old man Mike Thomas, but he's older and he's coming off of injury and didn't show, you know, the same level of dominance without Drew Brees, which may just be a Drew Brees thing. You still have Alvin Kamara if he doesn't go to jail. You have a long athletic tight end, good offensive line. He should be able to flourish, especially in a very bad division. Uh, I you know, don't exactly know what their defense is going to end up being because it's very different than it was from you know when it was top five in the league uh, like two years ago. I think I was just looking at the the Saints are twenty four million dollars over the cap as of now. I know the cap is flexible and I know they'll be able to restructure or release guys and make room. But boy, you can't 
you can't sign anybody, you know, like you just kind of roll with what you got and hope that he fits in perfectly and that the defense will rebound because this is what you're going to have for a little bit. So you mentioned Michael Thomas, and while I was thinking about Michael Thomas, I was also thinking of, I wonder why it's a $60 million thing for Derek Carr this season. Nothing really next year, just $10 million bucks, and then $30 million in 2025. I just looked at Michael Thomas's contract. Would you like to guess how, what Michael Thomas's cap hit is next year? This face is because I just looked up what Michael Thomas's cap hit was for next year. $60 million. <laughs> What the fuck? Oh my god, that's insane! Like legit, his base salary goes from one point one six five million, which is a career high this year in twenty twenty three, to next year it's eight five. Oh my god, his cap hit is sixty million dollars next year. <laughs> so holy shit. Wow. Some some information here. He has a roster bonus next year of $33 million. Get the fuck out of here. Which means if he's not on the roster on, what is it, March 15th when the new year starts, he doesn't get that bonus. So he only has a debt. He has a cap hit of $59 million and a dead cap of 14 Michael Thomas will not be a saint next year if he does not restructure this deal. I was going to say maybe maybe he what you do is you gone. sign you sign like a five year extension, turn all that into a signing bonus so that it, it averages out in the AAV. Ow. <laughs> but getting Frank, I, I frankly, don't know, man. Uh, after what we saw, you know, last year, age twenty nine season, uh, coming off of injury, if he doesn't rebound a lot. I just don't think he's in the future plans. You're probably right. But then this is also one of those reasons why it's tough to take these kind of contracts seriously because we always reach a bridge like this when it comes to NFL contracts where it's like, oh, yeah, the vast majority of the money of the deal we, we've we been talking about is going to be uh, it's going to just disappear because it was a, a big sticker price to keep the guy staying here that the team never had any intention to fork over. And like, we're, you know, we're not going to know this until it all shakes out. You know, like it, this is one of those deals that we probably didn't think of at all when it got signed. Cause we talk about these things so soon after they're signed that you know, we don't see this shit, or maybe we just forget in the annals of time, but like, it makes it so ridiculous to talk about these kinds of contracts when there's always something like this, some some wiggle room for a team just be like, ah, yeah, we ain't giving you, we'll give you twenty five percent of what you are owed, and them's the breaks. So, oof, sixty million dollars. Get the fuck out of here for a wide receiver. Oh man, wow. Okay. Yeah, Any, anything else on Derek that. Carr? Um, man, uh, no, I think he'll be fine. I don't think he'll be a top 10 tight end or tight end quarterback. <laughs> I don't think he'll be a top uh, 10 tight end either. I, I guarantee yeah. you. I don't know. It's the Saints, man. They love to have a quarterback play tight end for them or That's tight end true. play quarterback. How many other. passes do you think he receives? Derek Carr? 
Derek Carr. I, th- I think. All right. I'm going to put this down as my bold prediction. I think he has at least one reception this year from Jason Hill. Oh, that's funny. I like that. I will forget this, but I'll call it now. And if we remember one day, we can check. The Bills I'm have sure no money in dead cap. They're the only team in the NFL. No money is in dead cap. That's interesting. I have nothing to that, say about that. Just interesting. Uh, they are yeah, 16 no, that, mil over the cap, though. That's a pretty cool uh, way to run a team. That um, boy, I don't know if raw I can efficiency. <laughs> anyway, uh, so the last contract we'll talk about before we get to the big dog is uh, Daniel Jones. So I was um, I was texting friend of the pod Pete Sidemer about this is the he? other day. He he should be. I think so. We'll call him one. Uh, big time New York Gigantes football fan. And he was adamant that Daniel Jones before we he we we got this contract signed. Oh, no. So we weren't uh, speaking with knowing of the terms. Adamant that Daniel Jones deserved more than Derek Carr. That he was the oh, better no. quarterback between the two of them. Which I had some reservations about, but I was saying essentially that it does kind of doesn't matter because. Who else did the Giants play? You know? And uh, four years, $160 million. That's what Daniel Jones's contract ended up being, which is basically the Derek Carr contract. So it's it's kind of interesting. Um, We'll get into some of the meaningfulness of it, but just real quick at a glance, it's four year, four years, $160 million. Thirty-six million dollars signing bonus, which helps you know average out that uh, AA, average out that amount, I should say, over the course of the AAV for cap purposes. Uh, average annual salary is obviously forty million dollars. Uh, base salary of nine point five. Signing bonus of thirty-six. I just fucking said that. Workout bonus of five hundred thousand, which is hilarious. Cap hit of nineteen mil and a dead cap value of eighty-two mil this season. Although it, of course, decreases every season afterwards. Um. They're not. They're not cutting him first year of his new deal. This is what I always find so interesting, though. Eighty-two million guaranteed at signing, so he's guaranteed it. Boom, right off the rip. That is his signing bonus plus the twenty twenty-three salary plus the twenty twenty-four salary. So it's basically like no matter what, you're getting that 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 money. Uh, yeah. yeah, roster bonus of one million dollars in twenty twenty-six, which is fucking funny. There's thirty-five million dollars of incentives and a potential twenty twenty-six out. Uh, which will result in a $9 million cap hit. Um, Just an interesting contract. Just a very interesting contract. I feel like this is about what we've been saying he would get, though. Mm-hmm. I think this is one of the rare instances where every talking head on the planet basically got it right. Because everyone's been saying $35 million for Daniel Jones, and it's like basically that, yeah. I think that that number was uh, leaked, and that's why everyone at, all at once seemed to go, oh, yeah, 40 million. That's the right number. Um, I think that in 2025, this time, when we're deciding whether or not the Giants are going to cut Daniel Jones, we're going to look at his 
AAV, his you know base salary, his cap hit, and we're gonna go. That's not that bad. That's you know outside of the top ten. That's totally you know for what Daniel Jones is. You know, might as well. As of right now, I I don't like this. Like it's effectively a two year deal. Oh yeah. Oh, All yeah. of that, like the eighty two million, that's through you know the first two years. You'll have dead cap. That's fine. But fuck, I just. Uh... Well, I mean, speaking on the Michael Thomas contract, real quick, just to parallel it. Look at twenty twenty six. Twenty twenty six is dead cap of nine million dollars. But the cap hit if he's on the team is 56 and a half. Unless Daniel Jones lights the world on fire in 2025. He won't. He's, he, which, yeah, right? He will not. He's not going to be worth keeping your on your team for 56 and a half million bucks. You'll take the $9 million of dead cap and cut ties. So, yeah, this is... Uh, it's just funny looking at, you know, right after the Daniel or the uh, Michael Thomas contract. It is quite literally the same thing. Although I guess this is standard because I'm looking at the Derek Carr contract and his 2026 is the same thing. $11.5 million dead cap, $55.7 million cap hit. So both these guys might be hitting for agency at the same time again in 2026. But sorry to distract. Go ahead. The, the difference there, though, is Derek Carr's team asked him to do quarterback stuff. And Daniel Jones's team asked him to do uh, don't fuck up stuff which I think makes a really big difference when handing out $40 million a year to, you know, a singular player. I get that finding a new quarterback starting over when you're not in a prime draft position and you have a team that was just in the playoffs, you're a new coach. Like I get why you go with Daniel Jones. I just think it's, an incredibly short-sighted decision because you're gonna have to replace him at some point. Like I get that, like in a few years, forty million is gonna look like a a joke. But fuck me, like, what is what is the ceiling you have with him? You know, the ceiling is probably like. Not speaking to his ability to play for as long, but his ceiling is probably to Rod Taylor. Which, hey, that's not awful. It's not like no, Daniel not Jones at all. To Rod Taylor is, is still a, in the NFL. He's a, a perfectly fine quarterback, but he's not winning you any games. And I don't know how you win the Super Bowl in this environment in this NFL with a quarterback that can't win you the game. It's it, it's kind of an That's... interesting position that the Giants are in because... All right, so a couple things, real quick. And then we must talk about Lamar. Yeah. Um, number one, uh, the, it, the Giants, I would have to imagine part of the calculation here is how long do we expect... How long is the leash of Shane and Joe Shane and uh, Brian Dable? Like, are we going to have them on the team for at least the next three years? Because if that's the case, and this Daniel Jones deal is really effectively a two-year contract, who fucking cares? We'll let them play it out with him. We won't put, uh, we won't tie the two of them together that much because you know didn't get drafted by uh, Joe Shane and 
you know, Dable made it work for one season, but we'll see what Jones can do, whatever. And then after that period in time, we'll make an assessment from there. And so if you view Shane and Dable as not tied to Dale Jones in that way, and you have to cut ties with them after two years, then you still have these guys and give them a chance to try to rebuild quickly. That's number one. But the second thing is, and I, why can't the Giants be in the running for Aaron Rodgers? Because I I understand that the Jets at this point in time might be in the better position, which is fucking nuts to say, for where you could plug in a quarterback like Rodgers or some fraction of Rodgers and have them basically be a Super Bowl contender because the Jets' defense is good and uh, rapidly upgraded at some of the um, skill positions. So... Whereas the Giants might be lacking in a, in a on a couple more areas than the Jets to varying degrees, but if you think about how you view those two teams right now, this exact moment, I think we'd have to say that the Giants have the better GM and head coach, right? Uh, they definitely, I would say, have a better head coach, GM. Uh, what what's the Jets' new GM's name? Joe Forget Douglas. It? I don't know. Like I can't. I really. I've been like... a fan of Joe Douglas, but I, I. I yeah. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. Like I, I think Joe Shannon. It's just too early to tell. But yeah, I think he's done a lot of good moves. But if we so call has... that department a push. Yeah. Call them. Call them it's equivalent. Still, it's still favor of the New York Giants, correct? And with how weirdly up for grabs that division is no one's necessarily truly bad but everyone's kind of on par with each other at, at this point in time yeah, i would say the eagles, eagles are, are still just, you know number Super one Bowl yeah. team yeah no no i completely understand <laughs> but i mean when when the eagles and cowboys are both really good um and the right. giants are maybe just a slight step behind them n- enough games between the teams that you could see it going another way there are a division where three teams just went to the playoffs right it, that's the best way of putting it. It, it you'd almost think that it's weird that they were never in it mm-hmm. and instead it seemed like and we've had this discourse with them too where it seems like it's daniel jones or shoving a stick up your ass like it, you know it, it's it's been a weird conversation like it's like you'd almost think well you didn't have to <laughs> you know but i think that kind of comes back to the idea of for the jets your gm is on year four or five if he trades away a bunch of picks and Rodgers doesn't work out, he's not there to have to clean up that mess anyway. Whereas right. if the Giants trade a bunch of picks to acquire Aaron Rodgers and it doesn't pan out, well, then Joe Shane has to figure out a way to not make that look like it's his. It's, it's going to be his mess to clean up. But you'd still think a little bit would be like, yeah, but if you want a Super Bowl, who gives a shit? So I don't know. I don't know. I think the idea, the only thing I could, you know, understand and and reason with myself, just thinking on it real quick, is to get Aaron Rodgers, you still have to give up a large amount of capital, and I think it makes more sense for the Jets because they are absolutely without any other options at quarterback with an otherwise complete roster, whereas the Giants have a guy they can at least fall back to where you're not giving anything up to get him at a discounted number 
and they're just I don't think their team is quite there. I think the defense is kind of close. I think offensively the Giants are, you know, comparative to the Jets Sands quarterback uh farther off. I don't know. It, it doesn't matter. We're not the GM. The decision has been made. Right. Okay. Let's talk about Lamar Jackson and what is going on in uh, the wild, wild world of quarterbacks in the NFL. So unlike the other three quarterbacks we have discussed to varying degrees, Lamar Jackson has not been given a contract by the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Instead, they have placed the non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar, which is currently valued at $32 million. So unlike the franchise tag in which uh, the team that has placed the tag on the player has uh, the exclusive right to offer contracts and negotiate still during the the, the uh, year of the tag or then entertain offers only via trade, other teams have the ability. This is more common in like hockey. Other teams have the ability to offer Lamar contracts and instead of being able to accept them right off the rip, like an unrestricted free agent would be Lamar has to then bring those contract offers to the Ravens and say, can you do this or better? And the Ravens get the ability to say it not better. It has to be those terms. Oh, it can't be better. It just has to be, it can't be better. Just ha- you match oh, that I contract. See. I see. Thank you. Uh, then the Ravens have the ability to say yes or no. And they then, match the the contract terms and Lamar gets whatever that was the offer of, or they say no. And Lamar is then free to sign with the team that offered him that contract. And I think there's some compensation picks involved with the uh, compensation is that year's and the following year's first round picks. So it's two first round picks. Um, and then, you know, you sign for that contract. The thinking of why the Ravens did this. One, Pollution. Lamar is refusing to, you know, sign the offer for a long-term deal. They need to franchise tag him because, you know, the franchise tag is for the average of the top five paid players at your position. And you can do it two years in a row. or maybe, I think it's two years in a row. And it, it escalates based off that. The feeling for why the Ravens would do this with an unrestricted tag is so that Lamar can see the market for what his value would be if he did become a free agent, which is what seemingly he wants since he's not getting the money he wants from the Ravens. And then being able to, you know, as a person who is not represented by an agent, I think they want him to see what his market would be. I don't think the Ravens in any right mind would give him up for two first round picks because they know he's not going to get, you know, 50, $60 million a year AAV. Like, you know, some would project or, you know, expect, I don't think I agree with it, and I very much don't understand why we have heard rumblings that five teams, essentially five of the 
worst teams over the last five seasons who are in dire need of quarterbacks are not making a push for it. And I've I know been you hunting for that tweet. Alluded Can you to remind it. me of those teams. Uh, I think I have a, a different tweet here. Um, let's see. I thought it was Rap or uh, Shefty, and it was neither of them. Uh, shit, what was it? Uh, I just had one here. A different one. If you can't find uh, I can keep hunting and you can keep going. I know it's Atlanta, Carolina, Detroit, and what I assume Dolphins. would be Washington. And Well, the Dolphins are interesting as an added little twist on it. Because they lost their first round pick this year, they cannot negotiate with him until after the draft and after the new uh, year starts. Oh, interesting. Yes, because they wouldn't be able to offer up this year's first round pick. That makes sense. Um, man, uh, I don't get it. I think getting Lamar Jackson for Patrick Mahomes money at this point, which we know in five years is going to look silly for a guy with an MVP. And the ability to drag the team with the lowest amount of offensive spending in the NFL for the past four years to repeated playoffs and playoff positions before, you know, getting injured. I just don't fucking get why you wouldn't be running to the phone to start negotiating with him. Like, it's one thing if we just didn't get any contract offers within two, three days. But they're actively, you know, sending out reports that teams aren't interested. And granted, that may easily just be something as simple as trying to lower interest so you're not driving up the price. You know, it's a genuine tactic. But the fact that everyone is agreeing that no one is in on this... I I fucking don't get it, man. I really do not get it. Oh, I get it completely. Collusion. Uh, of course. Breaking the rules. I mean, because... Go I, get it. it. It makes no sense otherwise. It makes no sense otherwise. And everybody worth their salt that talks football is making this exact point. You know, from the shut up and dribble like rubes of, of sports discussion to the more like heightened the numbers guys like uh, like Warren Sharp. Everybody, everybody is talking about how absolutely ridiculous it is that teams after, what, 30 fucking minutes were basically like, oh, no, 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 no. We're not getting near an MVP winning quarterback Gino Smith just got $75 million. Derek Carr just got 150. And Daniel Jones just got 160. These are three people of almost no significance to the NFL in terms of what a starting quarterback can be at the height of their ability. Lamar Jackson has an MVP. We deemed him to be one of the most valuable players. In the NFL, 
fuck you. Like, what is this? It's insane. Owners are fucking terrified of guaranteed contracts. We've been hearing it since Deshaun Watson signed his $230 million fully guaranteed contract. How much owners hate the move that Jimmy Haslam made to kind of put this down uh, for top-level players. I know Kirk Cousins got like a fully guaranteed deal several years ago, which I don't remember nearly as much back uh, backfire on it. Um, I I It's fucking maddening. I would love for the Ravens to lose Lamar Jackson. I want nothing more. I would love to see what Arthur Smith and Lamar Jackson could do in Atlanta, where he's from given that all they want to do is run the ball. I just having Mike Vick 2.0 in Atlanta would be awesome. As long as he's, you know, dog friendly, signed a, sign a deal with like PETA or something or ASPCA. Also, um, shout out to Mike Vick who has turned his life around very well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, fuck man. It's, but, well, I mean, that, that's, that's the thing we're talking about. We might not be talking about quite literally Patrick Mahomes. We're talking about a guy who is tur- he's entering his age what twenty six season? Yeah, his age twenty six season. We're talking about a guy who has shown an ability to drag his teams to the playoffs. I I it don't was- know how every team like I because I, I, I mean selfishly this makes the this puts the Jets in kind of an interesting position because it maybe gives them some leverage with the Packers and vice versa. Um, because it bolsters the Jets' chance of getting either one of these two dudes, which only makes me happy. Uh, but I, I mean, I don't know how every single team that has been struggling to make a difference in their division isn't all the fuck over this. Sorry, what, what's up? I don't get like how the Jets would not happily give up two first round picks to sign him. Like, well, that's insane. That's insane. That's what I'm saying. Imagine you're the Jets right now. You're you you were gearing up for for uh, trade talks with the Packers over over Rodgers, not expecting this situation to go down, and all of a sudden this goes down. Well, now you have the ability to say like, okay, well, fucking, I, I can if, I can go get Lamar for two firsts and and a, and a fistful of cash. And if the Packers don't want to make the the deal more friendly, then just go do that because it's Lamar fucking Jackson. I, I he- mean. I, I know you said he is not a Patrick Mahomes player, which he isn't. He does not have the arm of Patrick Mahomes. Two but MVPs, he is two so rings, yeah. similar in his ability to absolutely break defenses. He is so different from any other He's quarterback so playing right now. Like people talk about, you know, Justin Fields and his ability to run, and he set the single game rushing. Jalen Hurts this year. Exact same thing with Jalen Hurts. Lamar Jackson as a runner dwarfs both of them. Like he is—he runs like Randy Moss over. out there. It's amazing. He can, but he can still throw the ball he so well, so drastic. Like I know we just talked about um, the Giants not being in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. They needed to be in the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. What oh, Brian yeah. Dable could have fucking done to improve Lamar Jackson's. What a quarterback could have become with a quarterback coach like that, unfucking fathomable. It, I have to think that teams actually are negotiating with Lamar, and all of this is smokescreen to keep costs down. 
because the alternative that this is truly just a stand against guaranteed contracts is so fucking boneheaded. I I can't believe teams would be this stupid to not actively be pursuing him. Especially because, like we've said, first of all, there are going to be GMs who are GMing today who are not going to be GMing three years from now. We don't have to go through all the teams and all, all of the GMs' names and all that type of shit, but like, there are GMs who should not give a fuck about first-round picks two years down the road. There are GMs right now who shouldn't give a sh- shouldn't give a fuck about what the cap situation is going to be four years down the road. Those are the GMs who should be like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do this right the fuck now. Because we've also just talked about the massive amounts of chicanery one can pull when it comes to making these contracts perfectly workable for the team later on in, in the life of the, of the contract that can help bolster the sticker price a little bit and make it look more appealing to the player. And you're going to tell me that there's five, six teams who right off the jump are like, we're not even going to pretend who are going to announce. Essentially, we're not doing it. Yeah. For seemingly no reason other than to say we're not going to do it and you shouldn't either, bitch. Like it, it's insane. Um, just to put a little bow on that, uh, we know Elon Musk is listening because I just refreshed Twitter and it was a Warren Sharp post from like two days ago of Brian Dable dapping up Lamar Jackson. So that's just every topic we've covered in the last five minutes. So Elon, hey man. You fucking suck, dude. Really hope you sell the company. <laughs> the most terminally oh, there. person I've ever seen. It's so sad. Oh, what a loser. It is very comforting, though, knowing that despite the fact I'll never have his wealth, I'll also never be as fucking lame. It doesn't necessarily and, mean anything, but it is nice to know there's always going to be one guy worse than me. And people will actually love me. Yeah, right? It's I'll nice. have a couple kids and they'll know who I am. I can pronounce their names. Yeah. Treat me with respect because I didn't name them that. Yeah. If my dad does not own an emerald mine where people have died. Yeah. In apartheid South Africa. Oh, buddy. Yeah. I, I mean, if Lamar doesn't get a contract offer that forces the Ravens to make that decision, you know, whatever it looks like and like a real contract offer. We're not talking about Daniel Jones four for one sixty. We're talking like a you know, some some serious fucking money. Uh we need an investigation, man. I don't know what the result would be, but we need a, a collusion uh look into what's going on with NFL ownership because it's just fucking it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make but uh, Washington commanders should be all over this. Turns that team around overnight. But dude, Carson overnight. Wentz. If the if the commanders signed Lamar Jackson, you gotta wonder how how serious the the, the Giants are because of them deciding to keep Daniel Jones. All of a sudden, it's a real question about whether or not the Giants improved enough to keep them from being a last place team in their division. That's what the commanders signing Lamar Jackson is. The Lions. The Lions should be all over this because if the Packers end up moving on from Rodgers, that's just one other team that you don't not have to really fucking worry about that much unless uh, Jordan Love proves himself. And if you can just force your way past the the Justin Fields-led Bears and, and the 
mighty obelisk for some fucking reason. That is the Kirk Cousins led Vikings. You, you're all of a sudden you're probably number two in the division, easy peasy, maybe with a chance to lock it up. I, I mean, it's doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make. We'll any have sense. answers the next time we record. We will have answers, and we'll all make sense. Or we get to sue the NFL. So there's that. The gang sues the NFL. That'd be nice. Yeah. I can't wait to collect my uh, my portion of the proceeds, which at your lawyer's fees will amount to about nine cents. Woo. Um, I have I have to leave. So, uh, despite the fact that this is this is quite the topic, um, do you have any concluding thoughts on it? No. That's okay. Well, all right then. Um. Yeah, uh, if you'd like to follow the show on Twitter, uh, you can do so at Juice and Pond. If you'd like to follow Corey on Twitter, you can do so at Corey Heller. If you'd like to follow myself on Twitter, you can do so at Josh Woody Tracy. If you'd like to send emails to the show, you can do so at juicingthenumbers at gmail.com. And uh, maybe we'll do actually a recording session this Sunday. Who knows? I doubt it, but we'll find out. Um, so until next time, y'all have a good one. Bye.